Welcome to the Optimist Futures Podcast, a place to learn from an industry insider with over 20 years of experience in commodity futures and options. Gain insight to the newest technology, platforms, risk management, trading philosophy, and advice about the current state of the futures and options markets. For futures trading platforms, deep discounts trading commissions, overnight margins, and instructional videos, feel free to visit our website at optimistfutures.com. Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimus Futures LLC is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence. Now, here's your host, founder and CEO of Optimus Futures, Matt Zimberg. Hey everyone, Jake from Optimus here. The following podcast episode and audio you'll be listening to is actually recording from a weekly webinar series that Matt Z will be doing. This was taken from the first episode on January 28th, 2021. In this uh, webinar, you're going to hear customers of Optimus and other participants interacting with Matt. Um, It's an interactive webinar series where Matt goes over a topic, chooses a new topic every week, and uh, the group just focuses on that. In this episode in particular, the topic is, does contract size matter in futures trading? This is Matt Z's Futures Trading Workshop. We'll be doing it every Thursday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you're interested, please check your email. We'll be sending out an invitation list. Feel free to register and join along, interact with Matt and the rest of the Optimist team, and uh, we'll be happy to have you. Thanks, and enjoy the following podcast. Yes. Okay. Okay. Very good. Okay, guys. Very good. Uh, It's going to be very interesting. First of all, thank you for showing up. Um, I always say... 90% 90% of the job is showing up, you know, it's, uh, if you show up, it's already a good thing. So before we get started, um, just the disclaimers out of the way, uh, the legal disclaimers I'm required by regulators is that there's a substantial risk of loss in futures trading, best performance is not indicative of future results. In plain language is futures trading is very leveraged, very risky, you should only trade risk capital. And I mean, it doesn't matter how big your account grows, how much capital you have trade within your risk tolerance. So first of all, I wanna thank everybody that uh, they joined us. And uh, we, before I announce the topic, let me just, just kind of give you my own uh, kind of idea of uh, futures trading and how I approach it and everything else. So the first thing I'm going to tell you is that and, and I think you want to write it down. I, I, I really think that everything that I'm going to tell you, you should really write it down. Get used to writing down stuff. When you write it down, it, it, it really gives you, it goes into your brain, into your cells. It gives you the ability to absorb it and everything else, right? So it, it's important. So let me just start. The longer I'm in this business, okay, and the more I learn about futures trading, and I grow, although I've been doing this for 25 years and I'm growing as a trader and my knowledge grows, what it really boils down to, it's a business of decision-making. 
this is truly a business of decision making and this is how you should approach it i know there's a lot of people who are actually fascinated with the markets and talking about interest rates and now we have you know today we are overwhelmed you know with with news and what's going on in the markets and recently we had this gamestop and reddit forums and and everything else but if you remove everything out of the equation remove all the players remove all the noise remove all the nonsense you're in the business of decision making and what you want to do is build tools that would make you help that would help you make better decisions this is what you're in the business of you're in the business of uh, making better decisions the challenge in making better decisions that you're also dealing with unknown variables right you're dealing with a lot of unknown so what you have to get used to in in any trading asset is really getting used to the fact that you're dealing with unknown variables things that are not up to you and a lot of people although it sounds so easy on the surface a lot of people do not understand it let me give you an example you get into a trade the trade didn't go your way you get stopped out then the trade goes in your way and you think it yourself oh my god i wish i would have stayed as if you had you know some sort of a looking forward mechanism you don't you don't have that right you don't have a forward looking mechanism what 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 you have is only the data that you have at the time and some people when things don't go their way they start thinking about the past and what they've done and everything else move on move on in the business of decision making you have to move on mistakes that you've done you go over them you realize them and you move on and so really when 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 there's so many people out there that teach futures and what they teach is methods right so they tell you oh you should use this moving average and you should use this order flow and you should use this rsi and some of them have the guts and the chutzpah to call their own platforms or their own methods proprietary when it's just a combination of some basic technical analysis that they programmed that doesn't help you and so there's a lot of people who buy into it and i don't blame anybody anything that i'm going to say i don't blame anybody when you're a beginner you don't know but really the foundation of trading is really understanding that you're in the business of decision making they don't give you that foundation so in the next um in the next um webinars that i'm going to do my goal is to make once a week and cover a topic once a week if it's a big topic i might take two sessions if it's a small topic i think we'll cover just some of it so that's the first thing i want to tell you just remember you want to build tools in trading to make better decisions your tools or your specific tools are not any less good than anybody else's okay just remember that the tools that you build are good for you they're good within your risk tolerance and i don't try to imitate anybody else's style anymore I used to when I started I wanted to understand what this guy does and this guy does and this guy and it just got me nowhere it simply got me nowhere the best thing is that when you build something that matches your risk tolerance I have colleagues who are day traders I've colleagues who are swing traders I've colleagues who hold a stock for 5 years you know what good for them 
each, every, each and every single one of them because they work and operate within their risk level. They operate within their comfort level. It takes years and years and years to understand that. So just the fact that you showed up here and you've listened to this, that it's a decision-making business, it's a decision that it's good. what's good for you uh, and don't imitate anybody else's, this is the one thing that you know I would tell you. A lot of people get fascinated with the markets, right? I call the straight, they're, they're fascinated. What they do is, you know, they'll talk about the markets all the time. They'll talk about it with their friends in cocktail parties. They'll talk about it with everyone. Don't talk about the markets to anyone. Do me a favor. They're only going to pollute your mind with nonsense. Uh, keep it to yourself, you know, and that's the best thing. When people ask me what I do, I never say that I own a brokerage. I never say that I'm a trader. I All kinds of jobs, you know, tell them you're doing underwater basket weaving. Who cares? You know, it is what it is. Essentially, what you want to do is really not to get polluted with ideas and everything else. So th there are people out there who are just absolutely fascinated with the markets. They know a lot about the markets, but they don't trade and they don't have skin in the game. And this is the one thing that I also want to tell you. Whoever you consult with, make sure that they have real and practical experience in the marketplace. So your influence, as far as the number of people that surrounding you, your educators or the books or everything else, you could save yourself a lot of time and a lot of money when you look at a book and rather than saying, oh, it looks interesting, you're gonna look at things and say, is it going to help me make better decisions? Now, this year, I'm going to be 50 years old. As I reflect back on my trading years, I wish this is somebody, somebody told me that somewhere along the way. Because everything that I'm telling you is, is really conclusions that I came by myself. No, nobody told me that this is the business of decision-making. Uh, there were people who tried, good people who helped me along the way. But all those things, you know, what I, I, I've started realizing, you know, when you're in the marketplace and everybody has some sort of an idea, right? You might talk to somebody who looks at CNBC once a month and has an idea of the market, and then you talk to him about the markets. He might say something that might fascinate you. But just remember, always ask how much skin is in the game, how much experience, and above all, real and practical experience. Okay. So um, uh, on that note, let me, let me move a little bit forward. So, uh, and I'm going to announce the topic in a second. This year was a very interesting year. We had the coronavirus that hit. And last year around May and April, we saw insane volatility, insane. And so there was such huge interest that came into the futures market. But I think it happened to all the, the, all the asset classes. It happened in stocks, it happened in stock options, and naturally in futures, it happened too. So a lot of people got fascinated and they walked in into this business, right? And they said, oh my God, I'm gonna make so much money. Not realizing the amount of work and effort and everything else. And this is what I call a guy who's fascinated with trading as well. He gets fascinated with the market until he realizes how much effort and he has to do, okay? How much effort he has to put in, you know, how much work is behind everything. And so what I tell everyone is this, the reason that I emphasize that it's a business of decision-making and I want you to start thinking about decisions in this business 
from that perspective, like you make decisions and everything else in your life. There's a certain level of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a certain, there are certain criteria that you go through before you buy a house, before you choose a partner, uh, before you do anything in life, before you move a city, you are focused on decision-making, right? So treat trading the same way, okay? This is not a business that you can work with intuition. Intuition doesn't work. I can never get up in the morning, and I've been doing this for a very long time, I can say that I know the markets. I do not know the markets. Every single day is something new, and every single week is something new, and there's new theater, you know, a new circus that happens every month. Markets go up and down in different volatilities, but whatever the way they move changes all the time. So you're just you are just as good as the last day of your trading. This is why you can never get up in the morning and say, I know the markets. So if you get into the business of trading, just realize that, that it's, it's an ongoing effort to review. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to sit every day for five hours and analyze things, not at all. As you progress more and more, you will find that you can even dedicate 30 minutes out of your day after the session closes. But at least if you put in this, 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 this uh, 30 days consistently. You know, an interesting fact, okay, I'm, I'm trying very hard, you know, to lose some, to shed some pounds. And, uh, and uh, you know, one of the myths that, that's out there are people that might, that they think they spend in the gym five hours a day, it helps them. Actually, the best bodybuilders dedicate three to five hours a day and are very muscular because they do the right thing. They got to the point where they need to be, and then everything else is just a repetition. And I believe the same thing could be in trading. So a lot of people, um, um, you know, are, are, uh, are uh, I think somebody's, Jake, I think somebody's trying to get into the room. Andrew? Uh, okay, so, okay, he's in. Um, so, um, where was I? Okay, decision-making, yes. So going forward, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of people got fascinated with the market. They got in, they have to realize they have to do the job. Then they say, well, maybe it's not for me, just like everything else. And what they start doing, because they're in the market, they start jumping from asset to asset, okay? And they go from options to futures, from FOB to, to Forex to, to something else, thinking that a different asset class will make them, you know, uh, will make them the money. Futures trading is very risky because it's leverage. You're not only dealing with cash, you're dealing with a bigger amount. But if you're a beginner, you can also trade micros. It's a smaller size contract. And there's a reason that I'm emphasizing this because today's topic is size. What I'm going to talk about is this trading size. Now, I have a theory. When I ask myself, what is the most important thing in trading? The most important thing. I'm not going to ask you guys because I know I already all the answers for all the webinars. Some people say it's the method. Some people say it's psychology. Some people tell me it's discipline. Some people say it's timing, you know, cut your losses short and all that. No. The most important thing in trading is size. Because, and I'll tell you this, okay? You can have the best method in the world. You can have the best discipline in the world. You can have any other analytical skills, Excel skills, quantitative skills. If you trade size that does not fit your personality, okay? And it does not fit, uh, 
I would say, and, and it's over leveraged to the account size, okay? You will essentially lose. What you wanna do is really, well, you obviously wanna win. So one of the things that you could start focusing on is size. Now, let me tell you this, size not only means trading smaller, it means trading right. I'll give you an example. A lot of beginners, and not only beginners, you know, even people who traded quite a few years, they would vary their size day to day as they, as they perceive opportunity. And to me, it's not something which is consistent. Again, if we're talking about decision-making, if you change your size all the time, you will find that you have very inconsistent results. You will find that you sometimes over leverage and you will find also that you will have many times that you will have um, a problem analyzing your trades. Let me give you a, an example. Okay, and what you wanna do is analyze your trade. So the first thing that I said is that people use intuition sometimes to choose size. Oh, the market fell, you know, 300 points in the NASDAQ. You know, for me to recover, I'm going to use two contracts or three contracts. I usually trade with one. Now I'm going to do three because this is less risk. First of all, when the market falls, it's more risk, which is a totally different webinar. But the fact that you went with three after the market fell, you did not go into a better risk and reward. You actually put yourself in more risk. Now, we're all lazy. I'm lazy too. I want to recover from pain as soon as possible. I do. But when a market falls, you know, falls and I lose and I think something. So, but essentially when you trade different sizes like this based on intuition, and again, intuition is the worst thing in the world. We have no intuition for, 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 for the crowd's behavior. You cannot dictate how the crowd will behave. You just don't know this. You don't know this in politics. You know, this is why all the surveys are always wrong. They're wrong who's the president, they're wrong about everything because they cannot predict human behavior. It's becoming harder and harder. Let's not do that anymore. So the first thing is trade with consistent size until your account grows and I'll get to that in a minute, okay? Size messes up your psychology if the size is too big. You're starting to be too nervous. It starts fluctuating you know, you start looking at the equity, you start making decisions based on your equity, not on based on what the market does, right? That's the problem. And, and I made that mistake, you know? I, um, I don't, I don't wanna sit here and, 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 and preach it to you guys. Everything that, that I'm telling you here is mistakes that I've done myself. Or when I was a younger broker, I couldn't, you know, um, direct customer, right? Um, you know, that's, it's true. You know, everything I'm telling you is just coming, you know, from a lot of pain. I don't want you to experience this pain, but it came from a lot of pain that I had to learn to do that, not to rely on intuition, then, you know, trade with the right size. So you actually trade the markets because if you go with a size that's too big and you, let's say the market recovers, and it goes higher, you're like, okay, I made enough, right? And you say, okay, I recovered, but then the market continues on and on and on. And so instead of staying with one contract that maybe you could have made even more, 
you just went for some short term. So again, think about the size. Um, I understand everybody has a different account, but I'll tell you how to determine size. Essentially, look at it this way. Every, let's, let's talk about the E-mini S&P contract, and obviously you can apply the same logic to every single contract, to the micro, the mini, is the gold, the oil, bonds, whatever you trade. Let's say that the mini S&P right now, just, I, I want to round it up, okay? I know it's not where it's trading, but let's say it's at 4,000, okay? It's at 4,000, and every point is 50 points, right? Every point is 50 points. So, so what happens is that every point that, uh, that the total size of the contract is 200,000, right? So you have 4,000 multiplied by $50 a point, that's $200,000. That's the notional value of your contract. This is what you're doing. If you trade five contracts and it's at 4,000, okay, then what you're trading is actually $1 million. Consider this when you have a $5,000 account. And some people say, I want to trade five contracts, right? And a lot of people probably, a lot of brokers probably don't like this show right now. It's like, what are you doing, Matt? You know, they should trade more, right? But forget them. What I want you to do is basically to think about the notional value of the contract that you trade relatively to your account. If you have $5,000 and you trade five contracts in and out, you're actually going in and out with a million dollars. Now, if you're a very experienced trader with a lot of money in the bank, and this is just a small account for you, and you know exactly the risk that you take, fine. But a lot of people don't consider this because they only look at it's $50 a point. What you have to look at is the total size, the notional value of what you trade. You cannot, cannot consistently make some, you know, money when your size is too big. It's just not going to happen. At some point, okay, at some point, the market will do something that because of, because of your size, it's either going to get to your psychology or market can gap or you'll forget to get out before five o'clock. The market will open at six. Something will happen along the way that would basically make you regret that you traded with such size. Um, I find that, you know, when people traded big size, um, and it's very similar to gambling, by the way. If you're playing, you know, if you're playing poker or you play blackjack, you know the feeling, right? So you play with $5 chips or $50 chips. It's very hard to go from $50 chips to five. Because all you think about is, oh my God, I have to grind all of that, you know, to, to make it back. So you want to go back to the high side. So people, if people enter this arena trading on very high leverage, it's very hard for them to reverse the psychology of going back to smaller size. But at some point you have to consider it, right? You have to consider your success rate and, and what you do. So again, to me, size matters. Now, that's the psychological side. So I'm trying to cover with size and, and, and prove to you guys that it is the most important thing in trading because it's not that I downplay all the other elements. I don't downplay risk management. I don't downplay the method. I don't downplay timing, buy high, sell low, no. But what I'm saying is if, if, if you consistently trade with, with, 
with oversize, then essentially it's going to affect all the other decision-making. Let me give another example. One of the biggest myths that traders have is that they can make money daily. It's a myth because they approach it, well, a $5,000 account, I'm not greedy, I just wanna make $200. Let me tell you, when you say something like this, this is the top of greed, the top, because you actually now determined that you're entitled to $200 a day. You're actually entitled to receive $200 from your $5,000 account, which means in 22 trading days, you wanna make $4,400, which is 88% monthly. This is what you dictated that you want to make. And so trading, and the, the reason that I'm sharing this with you is because in trading, what you find is that most of the time you have, you're in a drawdown and you have to grind, you know, it's grinding yourself out of the drawdown. You have 5,000, you go to 6,000. Then it goes 5,500, 6,000, 5,500, 6,000 for a long time, 6,200, 6,200, 6,000, 6,200, go higher. Right. So what I wanted to, to, to tell you is that it's, it's get used to the fact that it's not consistent. And the reason that I'm sharing this with you is because you, you don't focus on the aim. Do not focus on the goal. Do not focus on what you want to make. Focus on the process. This is where you have to dedicate time to developing a process. So in the, in the context of drawdowns, if you are trading uh, an account and it goes through a certain drawdown, you know, you're up and then it's down. And then, you know, it's very hard to recover from drawdown when you have, uh, when you have an account that, that the size is too big. Now, again, I'm not telling you how much to trade and how many contracts you should have, but you should find an ideal what's for you and then reduce probably two contracts or one um, after you decided what's ideal. Um, you should um, determine what's right for you. What, does, what doesn't affect your psychology? Well, I understand wins and losses will affect your psychology. Look, emotions will never get out of the way. It's, it's, it's one of those, it's another myth where people say, well, you know, um, you know I'm trying to deal with my emotions. The only thing that somehow, um, and I don't want to say the word kills because, you know, but rather pushes emotions aside a little bit is process. And, and, and if you have a process and you see that the process is working, then the discipline comes in as well, right? And we have a military guy here, uh, Evan, I salute you, buddy. Um, you know, I'll let you talk a little bit after. You can tell them a process and discipline and how important that is. We'll, we'll get you in in a few minutes. Uh, so, you know, drawdowns, you will not be able to handle right if you're changing size and everything else. Now, where did I pick up all this, you know, so-called, you know, ideas of size and everything else and how it's done? I picked it up from commodity trading advisors who are doing well. And what I see sometimes that they have incredible numbers, not all the CTAs, majority of them don't do well. Those of you who don't know, CTAs are commodity trading advisors. Basically they're licensed advisors who manage other people's money. So I, I deal with some of them because some of our customers' capital, majority of it is self-directed or people do their own thing. 
but I also have those who are uh, trading other people's money. And I'll tell you this, those who are successful, my God, if you saw the sizes that they use, how small they are, it's unreal. It's truly unreal. It's accounts of half a million dollars, sometimes that they require, or $100,000, and sometimes they just trade a few contracts. You know, just that's what it is. You know, now granted, some of them trade bigger sizes if they're, if they're day traders and things like that. But again, the successful ones, the ones who have a track record of three years, five years, you know, 10 years, and all of that, uh, you, you would see that they have a lot of fluctuations month to month. Some, some, and even some years are not always positive, but overall, overall, they are, the good ones are positive. And so I started looking at the micro of what they do, you know, and the details are important. So size was important. The risk management was important. But the first thing is they were able to recover at times because I never saw a commodity trading advisor uh, that changed sizes, right? It's just they're very consistent and they do it all, you know, uh, and they do it all the time. Um, once you think about the size that you want to do, uh, and the size you want to to trade, then uh, I think it will be, you'll have a relief. You know, you'll have comfort. You'll say, you know what, this is what I can operate with. And, and it's great because again, you know, when you don't know yourself as a trader or where you want to get or how you want to trade or how you want to achieve it, you know, it, it's very hard. So, Again, you know, in this series of webinars, I'm going to, um, you know, talk about different things that I think will affect your decision-making mechanism. That's the only thing I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about moving average. I mean, I can talk about here and there, support resistance, things like that. But the only thing I really want to focus is your decision-making as a trader. Make you a better decision-maker. And understanding that as a decision-maker, think about an individual who's a good decision maker. Can he make every decision good? Absolutely not. Will he make some decisions that he'll regret after that he made? Sure. Will there be decisions that he shouldn't have made from the first place? Yes. So you will run across all the scenarios, but overall you will um, hopefully become a better decision maker. So the reason that I also did this webinar in this format is basically, um, to give you a chance to interact and, and allow me to address your challenges. I wanna talk about size. If you have question about size, I, I, I know that size may lead to other topics, but for the most part, I want to uh, focus on size. So the question that I have is, does anybody here have any question? We can unmute you and you can ask me and, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, We'll, we'll go from there. And Jake, you just have to put in the chat that you want to ask a question or let me see. You can actually, uh, you can actually uh, text to Jake Montag, who's the co-host, and you can tell him that you want to do it so you don't have to text to everyone. You can just choose from your arrow there, Jake, and, uh, and he'll unmute you and, and uh, they'll, you'll introduce yourself and I'll let you ask the question. I see that Evan unmuted himself. Well, I just I just clicked the unmute button and I unmuted it. So, uh, Buddy, you're a military you're a military guy. You're first. Let's go. Well, I, I think I think what you're saying though, 
is so important, Matt, because I mean, my 30 years of military experience uh, is what I draw from a lot. I mean, I, um, I, I, look at, I look at what you're talking about and what we have to do is look at perspective. And I'm sure that there's many traders that are listening to me even now that dwarf me in my experience. But when we, we sit there and we talk about military experience, now that's something that I have a thing or two to say about. So we talk about the idea of discipline, since that's what you had mentioned before. And so it's one of those things where you're going to get the wind kicked out of your sails uh, quite regularly. Okay. But the thing is, do you get back up? Say, you know, you mentioned earlier, Matt, about getting in shape. Well, I say there's a thing I talk about in the military. It's called uh, crawl, walk, run, not run, stumble, fall. So the thing is, we want to get out of the gate real fast, but what we find ourselves getting ahead of ourselves is we start stumbling and we lose all momentum. But if you crawl, walk, run, and I like your idea um, of starting off small. You can sit there and say, well, my head, and really what happens is for a man, because I, I speak a lot to men off, offline, not always on trading, but I speak to men as men. And so the thing is, men like to conquer. And absolutely want to conquer whatever it is in front of them. So our subject at hand is trading. Okay, that's what we want to accomplish. Every one of us on this seminar, uh, webinar, you know, you have one thing in mind is to become a better trader. At least I do. And I'm making that assumption for all of you, or you wouldn't even waste your time and be here. So the thing is, you surround yourself with people that know more than you. It's no different in the training world either. You know, I've trained hundreds and hundreds of soldiers. Okay, but the thing is, you have to start with the basics. Okay, never lose sight of the basics. Vince Lombardi, you know, when the Green Bay Packers were having a terrible, terrible year, what did he do? These are all professional football players. He brought them all back to the basics. So the thing is, foundationally, okay, look at the difference between one, one contract and two contracts versus 10 contracts. Okay, you know, one point being 50, 100, or 1,000. So the thing is, you sit there and look at that, okay, psychologically, I'd rather lose $50 than $1,000 every time I made a decision bad. But if my process was right, and I, and that happened, <laughs> that just happened to me the other day, you know, and I, I got great advice by saying, okay, the worst thing that could happen to you is that when you're making great strides in your trading, is you forget the fundamentals and you start thinking more of yourself. I've got this. Well, you don't get this. You don't have this. So you have to remember every day if you walk into it humbly and say, stick to your foundation. That's what Vince Lombardi did. He said, he, he showed these, these professional. Now, this is a football. And then he said, Well, this is how you tackle. This is how you pass the ball. This is how you and if we take those same fundamentals in our trading, then it's like, I mean, I had to do that over the last couple of days. I reviewed every single method I had, making sure that it was right. And right. today there's a better day, but see, I'll do, the same, I'll do the same thing tomorrow. So uh, discipline, every one of us want, okay, if you want to get in physical shape, okay, you don't do a hundred pushups, you start with 10. If you want to start running, you don't run five miles, you, you start walking first. If you want to be a good trader, you surround yourself with people like Matt that have the skin in the game, 
okay, and they can guide, coach, teach, and mentor you into being a better person. Is that is that enough? You want? I could speak for quite a while on this. It's, it's good. It's good. I want to give somebody. I want to give other people a chance as well. But I, I appreciate every, every, everything you said. Um, the the one thing I would tell you is that Vince Lombardi, you know, from all the books that I've read, you're 100 right. He focused on the process, and I'll tell you this: the basics. I will tell you one thing about basics, how important basics are. There is no such thing as intelligent mistakes, in trading at least. Maybe there's in other fields, I don't know. You know, when you have a fund, you know, that goes belly up because, you know, they were short something like we had right now and somebody just ran them over, right? Or somebody who trades naked options where there's unlimited risk and the market move and they blew up. And they were good for five years. There's no such thing, I mean, as intelligent mistakes. This is why basics, when everybody analyzes the biggest disasters in the financial industry, it's because they didn't follow the basics. Basics is something that you follow from beginning to end, from the first day you trade to the last day you trade. So I I totally, first of all, on a personal note, I I respect you a lot. And thank, thank you for everything you've done for our country. It's a pleasure to have you amongst our clientele. It's a privilege and thank you. And I agree with every word you said. I think you started, um, you know, as, as I, I remember in our first conversation, how dedicated you were. And I'm happy that for the process that you're going through. Okay. And thank you, Evan, again. Um, is there anybody else who wants to talk or ask a question? Okay. Give you a chance. Okay. By the way, let me let me stir up the conversation then. Sure. Okay. I mean, sure. I I'm going to feed off of what you just said there, Matt. Unless there's something else, and you and all you have to do is say that uh, um, when when you talk about an intelligent mistake. Okay, what goes against a man at that point is that they think they know more than they actually do. Okay, and pride gets in the way. And if and I believe, and I could be entirely wrong, this is where you got to correct me, Matt, is that if we if we let pride get in the way, that gets in the way of, of you becoming a better trader. Am I right? Um, I'll tell you what happens. There's, there's a psychological tilt. Um, when somebody's doing well, usually the worst losses occur after the biggest wins. And there's a psychological tilt that occurs within, uh, within traders at that point. And that's... That's what I've seen all the time. You know, I would say be very, very conscious, extremely conscious of your emotions. This is a game of really judging yourself on an ongoing basis. Excuse me. This is a game where if you had a big day and a good day, this is where you really have to come down. If you had a really bad day, this is also a day you have to come down. You know, 
you can't go through the tilt. I know the tilt is taken usually from the gambling world, but it applies to us as well. You know, it's, um, you know, um, it happens. It happens. And if you always keep the basics in mind, the fundamentals of how you got here, what got you here, and the rules that you made to be good, you know, th that will that that will affect it a lot. Now you're gonna break the rules sometimes. Sometimes you'll think you're in control, and sometimes you'll make the mistake. But if you're a conscious person, and consciousness and trading is a really big thing, also that people don't talk about. If you start being conscious of your mistakes and the state of mind that you were at the time, you will realize that when that emotion happens again, and it will happen again. You say, okay, this is what I felt last time. You know, I'm not going to go through this. If you didn't change your behavior, it means you, you weren't in enough pain. For every, for every, okay, for every uh, mistake that you do, if you don't rectify it, it means you didn't experience enough pain for you to say, I want to change it. If you lost $500 today and you said, I'm never going to make this mistake, I over leveraged, I tried to make it back, and you do it again tomorrow, and you do it again tomorrow and the next day, that means you were not in enough pain. You know, you might think you're in pain. You might think that you suffered enough financially and you say, I can't, I, you go to sleep and like, I can't believe it happened. But it means that psychologically, you didn't. You, you just didn't go through enough pain for. And, the, and, and things that I'm talking about, this is, uh, you know, happens, they happen all the time, right? They just happen all the time. It's, that's what it is. So basics, agree with you 100%. Vince Lombardi, agree with you 100%. He always focused on the process. He talked to them all the time. He guided them. And this is what I'm trying to do to make people focus on the process. Okay. I see that people really prefer to text and not really talk, I would encourage you to open your mic and ask the question. Okay. Um, okay. So everybody's asking anything else but size. I do have a question, okay. Matt. When Ben, go for it. You're a champion. Go for it. Hey. <laughs> ben, so... by the way, Ben, Ben, um, he is on our trading forum. He comes every day. He writes the <laughs> SP report. If you go to community optimistfutures.com, you will see that he's accounting for his actions and he writes his report uh, every day uh, and it's on the site and we're going to give it to you shortly. Uh, ben, go for it. Thank you. And I just posted a, a live trading too on the forum today. So okay. that worked out well. But um, when it comes to increasing size, you know, let's say you start trading with a one lot, would, would it be safe to say if, if you had somebody that managed the increase of size for you and like managed the, the account financially and the trader being you just really focused on the basics of one lot, here's the systems and procedures, and this is what I do and not even have to worry about the account size or scaling up, do you think that would create a significant improvement in how, how people perform? Does that make sense? Uh, ben, I'm trying to understand. You're asking me if I managed other people's money, what I would do? No, no. We're talking about size and scaling up and increasing okay. your size and how that can create, you know, a, a psychological barrier. 
So if I were to say, Matt, I'm going to trade one lots forever, and I'm just going to focus on the basics, but there's going to be, let's say, a copy account or, you know, with Forex Solutions, a master account and a slave account, and I want you to manage the money and the size in the slave account while I just focus on trading one lots. So I don't have to worry about the balance. I don't have to worry about increasing size. You do that. Would that significantly help traders with performance if they just kept it simple like that? Um, you're essentially talking about trading other people's money. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know those solutions very well that you're talking about. I don't know every, every single one, but what I've seen when people copy other people's trading, this is exactly where they over leverage. Because you know what? They're looking for, let's, you know, they're looking for somebody who does it for them. And if somebody does well for them, they think that they're, the other side is brilliant for a while. And then obviously they, are, they do over leverage. Um, and essentially there will be some that might leave it at one lot and that's how you do it. And they'll say, okay, I'm copying him. And it's great, and I'm just going to stay within that size. I, I, I would bet that the majority of people would start increasing their size substantially. But I do want to address something that you said about changing sizes and when. So if you get to the point, let's say you trade one lot, okay? Let's say you trade one lot in and out or whatever you do with it or two lots or three lots, whatever number you feel comfortable knowing now that you understand the notional size of the contract. You know, the question is, when do you increase the size, right? So I find that people increase it really a lot faster than they should. And it's not only a financial factor, it should be also a psychological factor. So, you know, again, throwing numbers out there that just round numbers because some people have a $1,000 account with us and some people have half a million with us and a million dollars. So again, you know, I'm just using a round number. So let's say $5,000 and you say, I'm going to trade two lots. That's what I want to do. I want to trade two lots on 5,000, right? And your account goes to 7,500. Should you go immediately to two? I don't know. Should you double? I don't know. That's on you. That's on you to decide when you actually you know, doing it, right? That's on you to decide. I, I, you have to decide at that point in time how the psychology affects you. Now, clearly, it, you also have to see how it affects your account. If, if you go from 5,000 trading one lot, and then you go to 7,500 and say, okay, I think I'm ready for two. And then at no time, you're back to 4,000. You have to go back to one because something happened. So again, you know, part of it is making a very you know, uh, make it a very um, conscious experience. Make it very conscious. See how all those things affect you. You know, the one thing that discourages traders, you know, a lot. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. It discourages some. When I tell them trading one lot and trading 50 lots and trading 100 lots, it's a completely different story. It's not that you can, if you have a method that works for one lot, it does not mean that you can go and trade 50 lots because your fails will not be the same. You won't get failed at the same time. You, you have to do partial fails and partial liquidations. The mechanics will be different. So when you grow your size, the mechanics of liquidating 
and, and the mechanics of entering will also be very, very different. Now, I've accepted my risk tolerance. You know, do I wish sometimes that I had bigger risk tolerance than what I have? Sometimes I do. But I've also realized that, you know, once you achieve a, a certain level of, I would say, where you want to be, and it's working for you, you learn to appreciate it. You, you just learn to appreciate it. And you say, you know what? I'm operating within a comfort zone that I'm, that I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with that, you know? I know that there's some people, you know, maybe you'll get to trade 20 contracts in five years. It will not affect you and you'll be very successful. But there will be someone who trades 50 and it's fine. And there'll be somebody who trades 100. But you know what? Your 20 is gold. Your, train, your 20 is the best 20. Your one lot is the best one lot. This is the business. This is why they're saying trading is a lonely business. It should be a lonely business. It should be absolutely the loneliest business in the world. You know, anybody who goes out there and discovers trading and then they go to Gmail and the first email that they write, best traders 2021 at gmail.com, I know he's going to be my customer for a month. If I get an email from a customer like that with that sort of a long email, I know it's it's going to be a relationship. It's going to be in a month. It's going to tell me it's going to close the account. A hundred percent. That's that's because he's again fascinated with trading. You know, went on some forum, and I, then I see their reaction. I looked into day trading, and I think this is exactly what I want to do. So, this is not a person that reflected on trading. It's not a person that understands size. <coughs> And, and, uh, and so essentially, you know, that's, that's, it is what it is, you know, so hopefully that person is here in this webinar and, uh, he listens to this and we go from there. I see that some oh, people thanks, say, man. Hey, Ben, always a pleasure. Uh, okay. I have a habit. Okay. Um, all right. So let me, let me just pick a few things here. Okay. Uh, so we got some Ash, SG, okay. Um, now, am I allowed to read your direct messages? You know, because I, I can't really write anything. So I, you know what? I won't mention names anymore. I'm just gonna read the questions. I'll go to the top. All right, let me see. Um, okay. Um, talk about experience with psychological bearings and increasing contract size, let's say from one to two, two to three, etc. Okay, so, uh, that's related, okay. Uh, Christian asked that question. Good question. Um, the psychological barriers. Um, well, first of all, as I said, you have to be conscious of it. It's not the psychological barriers. It, it's not so much a barrier when you increase size. It's a psychological burden because now you have to fight yourself and, and discover what you're comfortable with. So it's a, you know, it's something, like I said, it's a self-exploration to see if your method works with it, you know? So, but one thing that you mentioned here, which is really good is one to two, two to three and so forth. So it's good. It has to be gradual. It doesn't go five to 10, it goes five to six, right? And from six to seven and from seven to eight, slowly. Slowly, you want to increase it very slowly. You don't want to go five to 10 because maybe your ideal sweet point is seven, but you'll never have to 
a chance to know about it if you went straight to 10. So slowly, that's the way. And Christian, you will, along the way, you will do it. Okay. So, okay. Uh, Kevin, who said he doesn't have uh, this. Uh, no one can foretell where the markets are going. Agreed. Agreed. You know, what's funny is that I tell people, and sometimes they just don't get it. I said, trading is not about predicting. It's not about predicting the market. You can predict the markets. That's the funny thing. People pay for subscriptions. People listen to CNBC, Investor Business Daily. You know, they say, I found a method that tells me, you know, they show like, I have artificial intelligence that will show me where the market is, is, is going. Trading is not about predicting the market. It's about managing risk. It's a process where you manage risk. I don't know where the market is going to be tomorrow. I don't know and I don't care. When, when it's there, I'll figure it out. So, um, you know, Kevin said that overconfidence is the worst thing in the world. I'll tell you this. Listen, I'm a confident guy. I'm a confident guy. The key is not to be arrogant. You know, that, that's the thing. Just don't be arrogant. You know, you can be confident. Just don't be arrogant and say to yourself, I got this, you know. Uh, if you have one good trading day, you know, or, or if you, every time you reach a new high in your, in your account, if you do, treat it as if the, that's the money you deposited. If it goes from five to 10, from 10 to 15, that day you say, this is what I deposited. Because guess what? This is what you deposited. This is your capital. Yes, you can say I'm up 10,000. And listen, you should also feel good that you follow rules and process Nobody makes money long-term in this business based on luck. No one. It's not going to happen. You know, it is what it is. But treat it as if that's the money you deposited. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. I don't want to answer the question about the indicators because I want to stick to size in this one. But Alex, here's the thing that I wanted to tell you. If you guys, okay. I guess I have to announce it at a certain point. If you go to community.optimistfutures.com, okay, there is a question over there, okay, that those who uh, answer that question, and, and, and what, I'm, what I'm asking you when you register and write those answers, I'm asking you to really give it, give yourself, you know, um, write everything that you really think. I don't need one-liners, you know, that it's important and size is important. Just really write how size affects you. You can also ask me a question. I'll interact with you. But those who write in that thread, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you uh, our platform. I think it's three months free of charge of Optimus Flow. And I'm also going to give you data that is provided by DXFeed. So please go there to community.optimusfutures.com. There's an article there uh, and a subtitle about uh, trading size that Jake also posted into the chat, okay? And I'm going to give it to you. So again, you know, those of, I, 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 I promise that at some point, if you can go to the, to the same forum and start a new thread, Alex, and I can talk about the indicators and the experience there. This one, I just want to focus on size. Uh, okay, but you can also help each other. You know, you can go to the forum and you can respond to each other as well. Um, Hey, Matt, can I ask a question? Does, does, does gold setting have anything to do 
with what you're talking about? How, or how does goal setting play into what you're talking about? Does well, it? Obviously, of course, of course. Um, we, okay. So it's okay. You're, you're asking good questions. So the goal of every trader, your goal is to develop a process. That's the goal. That's your goal. You say, I'm going to be disciplined and you can't, you know, everybody says, everybody thinks that discipline just comes in itself. Discipline is 10, 15, 20 steps that you have to take on a daily, on a daily, on a daily basis to achieve that universe of discipline. You cannot wake up one day and say, today I'm going to be disciplined. If you have no process, if you have no method, if you don't know your size, you've done nothing, Right. So goal setting is your goal uh, on, at every single stage is to keep on evolving the process of your trading. Keep on doing it all the time. It's, it's absolutely very important. And, and they do tie up together. I don't know in every other profession. You know, it's sometimes, sometimes I think that some success is success and goal setting is goal setting. I think in trading, it's just you have to start. It, it's working on the process, you know understanding. And, you know, the beautiful thing about the markets, you know, if you trade the right size, you develop the process and everything else, I know that everybody's in for the money. I get it. But the beautiful thing is that you'll understand how crowd behaves. You'll understand how the crowds behave, how they get excited when they, when they dump, you know, prices, or, you know, if there's a huge rally, comes after many, 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 many days of down days, short covering, you know, you'll stay longer in the market. You'll start developing those things. And it's not intuition anymore. It's experience. It comes from experience and you're trading the right size and everything you do just says, yes, you don't, ex you don't sit there and do this all the time. Yes, I did. Yeah, it doesn't happen. You just sit like this and you click. It's like this. And then, it, you know, that's it. That's really it, you know? Good traders, you know, they don't party on the streets, you know, after a good day. They just sit there this, you know? So um, James asking here, I'm taking all the emotions I have by creating a trading algo. Listen, everything that I said right now about size applies to algos as well. You trade an algo, you oversize the algo, Regardless of how good it was in the past and what good results it give you, it's same as a discretionary trader oversizes it. Every single algo, which is algorithmic trading, you know, James developed, uh, you know, a kind of, you know, a method that the computer executes it for him based on this method. But it's the same thing. Same thing applied. You know, um, those of you who remember, you remember there was something called the Dream Team. It was uh, long-term capital management. It was just a bunch of PhDs that were put together, you know, in, uh, in Connecticut. Governments gave them tons of money, tons of money. They built algos, you know, they built algos. They oversized every single, every single algo. They, I remember that the government of Italy gave them so much money. It, it was a scandal in the country because those are people who had PhD. Those are people who said that the way they trade for the correlations of the instruments that they trade, it will take, it's, it's a chance of one in 50 million, 
Well, that one in 50 million happened after five months. So again, they traded oversized, over leveraged, fell in love with themselves, you know, and that's what happened. So again, algo, discretionary, computer, you know, God tells you this, you know, where the market will go when you sleep, still consider size. Okay. Um, okay. Then again, you know, you can go to the forum. I know I acknowledge that you asked about stop loss. I want to, uh, uh, but I want to dedicate here, you know, the, the thing to, 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 to size as much as I can. I'll get back to it if I have a minute. Um, Okay, Ash, again, you know, not size, uh, but again, go to the forum, post the question, I promise to address it. Okay, Alex says he has no mic, okay. Um, Thane is asking a good question. Okay, he says, are there any exercises we can do, example visualization, something non-trading related that helps build strength, whatever psychologically is needed to deal with larger size? Um, trying to think. Uh, to try and trade the size. Well, look, Thane, let, let, let me answer it in a different way. Okay, this is what I think. I don't think there's a book that will help you deal with larger size. I don't think there's a book I can tell you or a sentence I can tell you or anything that says, you know what, to go from small size to big size, you know, I, I believe that over time, as you grow your account or, you know, as you increase the size or both of them, hopefully together at the same time, when you do it incrementally, you, I don't want to use the wrong word here, but you'll get used to it. You'll get used to it. You, you, you will get used to it because you have more confidence now. You develop the basic skills and you develop the confidence, excuse me, and then that's what will happen. You know, I don't think you can read a book. I mean, there's things, you know, listen, I, 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 read, I read motivational books. I read books about success. I read books about, you know, uh, recently I, I started reading a book about the guys who coached Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan that I find them to be really good. Um, you know, and it, and it helps me, but you know, I don't know if those kind of, even trading books would help you because trading is so individual. The only thing I will tell you is just on a slowly, just slowly and slowly, you know, you'll get used to it trust yourself. And you know, one thing I would tell you, start loving time. You know, time is a wonderful thing. Honestly, I know we don't live forever. I get it. I know you want everything right now, but it's funny now that I'm almost 50, I think 10 years, you know, when I was 25, I thought, what am I going to do at 26? Now that I'm 50, I'm starting to think, what am I going to do when I'm 60? So everything I do is to develop habits for the long run. My health habits that I need to change, you know, loss of, you know, some weight that I need to drop. I get it. I mean, I truly get it. It's just, I'm starting to think very long term along those lines. That's what I want to do. And this is what I recommend for you too. You know, start loving time. 
start saying, okay, you know what? I'm not in a race against anyone. I know some of you go to forums and a guy said, I made 50,000. And a guy says, I made 100,000. Don't pay attention to it. Just don't. You know what? Those people, when they lose, they don't go to the forums and they don't write it and you don't know the stories. So work at your own pace. You know, I appreciate your, your individuality. Um, okay. Kevin says, I don't have any luck copying someone else's trades. Listen, why should you have luck? Why should you have luck, you know, copying anyone? But it's from them. They're the one managing the trade. They're managing it. It's their risk tolerance. You know, it's it's them. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Philbert, uh, uh, the successful user. Okay. Footprint chart questions on the forum. Actually, Ben Meredith knows footprint charts 10 times better than me. Uh, so post it there again on community.optimistfutures.com. Uh, all right. <coughs> Kevin says, where can I go during trading hours and see live orders for the SSMP? Don't we all? Uh, okay. How does goal setting play? Okay. We address that. Okay. Okay. Kevin, I agree with you about the lot size. Okay. Lindsay. Okay, my honest opinion is about making decisions about these decisions that are in our probability context. We need to know the probability of our decisions. If we don't, then how do we have any confidence or any way to refine decisions? Lindsay, I agree with you. I agree with you. You have to understand probabilities when you trade in the probability of a trade. However, however, remember one thing. You do not have the intuition to know one probability from another. You do not. It's, it's you know, I, I would argue this until the end and people throw all kinds of things in my face. You know, they're like, you telling me that if I go and buy one now and if the market drops a thousand points, it's the same probability, same probability. Absolutely the same probability to lose. After 2,000 or 3,000. Unless it goes, you know, and even in crude oil, when people thought it's zero, it went negative. So even zero is not a solution right now. In stock indices, I don't know if you can go zero. It's a different calculation. But, you know, people didn't think that crude oil can go. So, so Lindsay, I agree with you about probability. You, I want to address this in the side, in, in, actually, because it's important. Probability is only after you have a large sample of trades large sample. And then you say, okay, the trade that I took on this date gave me this much. On this trade, I lost this much, made this much, made this much, made this much, lost. So you see over, over data, over data, not only one trade, but 100 trades, 500 trades, 1,000 trades to, to understand your probability. And unfortunately, they're not paper trades. Don't believe in paper trading for at all. People try to convince me over time that it helps them. It does not help anyone. Paper trading is useless. It's good to learn a platform. It doesn't teach you about execution. It doesn't teach you about your risk tolerance. It doesn't teach you about how markets get filled sometimes in limit orders where they don't get filled. Market conditions are completely different. And people who are on paper trading mode for years and years just develop the worst habits, in my personal opinion. Trade one micro Trade one micro, which is one-tenth of the e-mini S&P, you know, 
if you can tolerate the risk. Again, not saying futures trading is from everyone and there's substantial risk of loss in futures trading. But maybe this is something that, that you could do. You know, go to that level if it's necessary. Grow that, you know, grow to 10. And then I, um, interestingly, so I had a customer who was trading one lot. And one of the things that frustrated him was he always, he couldn't go to two and three because it was too much, but he wanted to scale in and out. So I said, trade 10, trade 10 micros. It's the equivalent to one mini. And then you can scale out of two and three, you know, and then the rest. So scale that. And he completely changed to that. He doesn't do the full 10. He actually went, I think this said seven. I don't remember. Maybe he does the whole 10. I don't, I don't remember. But essentially, it, it's, it's, it, it helped him. So now with the micros, you have ability to, 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 to play size as well. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Rob, any thoughts about getting out all at once versus partially out style? Um, okay. I'll consider that. Uh, what's it called? Uh, um, a size question. So that's a method question. You know, that's really a method question. Um, I would say that if the market did suddenly start, uh, you know, listen, every, every time I, I, I say something, I'm just afraid that people will take it as a rule, right? Don't take anything as a rule. You know, listen to me and don't listen to me. I'm just answering questions here. If it pertains to you, sure. If it's, if it's for you, sure. If it's not, it's not. Okay. But again, the question is, any thoughts about getting out uh, all at once versus partialing, uh, you know, out style. If the market moves really, really fast in your favor and you found yourself with multiple contracts and you kind of don't know what's going on, you didn't expect it, the volatility has gone up, the VIX, you know, the that's the index that measures the option volatility of the S&P got up and it dragged the S&P with it or the NASDAQ or the Dow, whatever you traded, then you can consider just exiting your initial um, initial uh, target with you know with with one lot or two lots or whatever you have and maybe let the other ones ride you know let, let them just ride and you know and, and let them do their thing however don't let them ride randomly don't let them you know if, if you have three contracts that you're trading and you decided to get out of one don't say okay two uh, two um, I'll just see where the market goes. I'll see how to handle it. You could say, okay, I want to stay until the end of the day. Maybe it's 3.30. You see that towards the close, they're pushing it. So maybe you can put your stop loss at, you know, at your first start, just slightly below your first exit. So that way you still have a profit if, if it comes back, something along those lines. And just remember stops, they can gap. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get stopped out there, but that's what I would do. You know, just kind of do that. But whatever you do, work with targets, you know, work with targets, know where you want to get in and know where you want to get out. And, and part of your preparation, uh, you know, on, on, on a daily basis is really truly understanding um, levels. So you want to see what the market has done today. You want to see where the market bounced from. You want to see where the market touched, prepare yourself, give it 30 minutes, just, you know, don't, the market ends, just analyze it. 
So, you know, there's a little bit of work ahead of you. Um, okay, going down a little bit. Okay, so Jake posted on the chat uh, here. It says, okay, so anybody who participates in the in the thread, does contract size matter in futures trading? Okay, so we're giving three months of Optimus Flow trading, the professional license, three months of three live data, CME, and also, um, if you fill it out, I'm also going to choose one person for 30-minute consultation with me. And I'll talk about everything. If it goes a little bit over 30 minutes, it's fine. I'm a busy guy, but I, 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 do, uh, I do like to help people. You know, I'm in a profession that a lot of brokers don't understand. Like brokers in my industry, there's some guys I really, really respect. And, but I would say majority of them really do not understand that they're making money from other people taking risk. So this is my way of saying thank you for taking the risk. This is how I fed my family for many, many years. This is my way of trying to help you as well succeed. And so it's, it's, it's a human decision, but it's also a business decision. It's a business decision because I want to invest in you to become better decision makers. Okay, Lindsay, need to head off. Cheers, Matt. Okay, cheers. Uh, Mark Chapman said no alcohol. Well, yes. You know, if your goal is not to drink when you when you trade, definitely no alcohol. Uh, Rob said, would good chess players make good traders? Decision-making skills. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I think I, I, I think that chess players would make good players, but remember one thing about the markets is that the market is a very funny creature uh, or a very funny playground. The market is a place where your strength could become your weakness. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're an accountant, okay? I don't know if there's accountants here, but let's say you're an accountant. In accounting, everything has to balance. It has to be perfect. You know, assets, liabilities, equity, it all, all everything has to line up. The market is not lining up all the time. It's not... A to Z, you know, it's a lot of flexibility, a lot of decision-making, still following the process, but situations that you have not seen before. So just remember, yes, anybody with, with good background in decision-making, he has, but he has to understand also that, you know, if you're an accountant, you can't, if you think there's an opportunity, you have to go for this opportunity. If you're waiting for 50 indicators to line up, you know, and got to talk to you and say, you got to take this trade. That's not going to work. So, um, Kevin asking, do you consider fixed percentage of account? 1% of account is risk per trade, viable method of increasing size. Um, well, let's talk about the risk for a minute. Um, you have... You could, I'm trying to be cautious because I don't want, because trading, you have to be so flexible, you know? So to any answer that I give you, just say, you know, it just depends on the circumstances. It just really depends. You have to trade a certain size, yes. You have to trade a certain percentage of the account, but it also means that you cannot take certain trades. If your account is too small and you risk 1%, you know, then you, you, your stops are very tight. So if you're 
if your stops are tight, you have to wait for very low volatility in the market. So, you know, you might say 1% today and my reward is 1% or 2%, or you can say my risk is 2%, but my reward is 5%. But even that comes after a long time. Um, I can talk, one of the webinars I'll talk about risk and reward. It's a very misunderstood concept. Let me tell you this, it's very misunderstood. It's misunderstood because people say, you know, I like to trade one to three con, you know, risk or one to two or one to five, but that entails that you can predict the market and you can't, you can't dictate a trade. You know the risk when you get in, you don't know the reward. After many trades and you have a big sample of your real life trades, you can say most of my setups give me a one to three risk reward. You can say that based on a sample. But when the volatility changes, you also can say, you can also adjust it and say, now I have to risk 2% and my potential reward could be 6% because the market is more volatile. So uh, Kevin, I'm not trying to evade your question. What I wanted to tell you is that, yes, you can go with percentages for the account, but you also, if you choose that route, you have to consider your account size and you have to consider the probability of the trades of the many trades that you have done if it's worthwhile taking that. Because what you don't want to do is go with a fixed state of mind saying, I'm going to lose 1% when the market is so volatile all over the place that you're just going to get chopped out and you're going to get stepped out all the time. So, um, okay. Christian, no matter what size you trade, you need to stay in the same ballpark. If you trade one and you're doing good bread and butter trades, try upping to two for a trade. I think it's, it's okay. If you get the edge, play yourself from the first one, then you have the opportunity to let it ride or lock in. Okay, okay. Christian, put it in the forum. Really would help some other people. Um, uh, okay, Kevin, thanks for the life advice. You're a funny guy. Uh, okay, uh, Michael, for sizing up, I drafted a plan, a significant, okay. Need to pass before, okay. Guys, listen, if you're in this business thinking that somebody else will give you money, best of luck to you. You know, listen, I don't support it. I want to deal with live traders who put their skin in the game. Don't pay others to pass their tests if they're going to give you, you know? Be responsible. Open an account. Trade your own capital. It's And, and you know what? Nobody will tell you the rules and what you need to follow because it's rules that are forced on you. So, Michael, sorry, I'm not with you on this one, on this whole gauntlet thing. I know the guys over there, the great guys. Listen, all those programs that tell you they're going to give you money and they're calling themselves prop shops. Listen, nothing against them. I'm in the business of working with people who are putting up capital, trade their capital, taking the risk, and are trying to help them. I can't help anybody, right, when the rules are given to them and they say, this is the rules you have to go by. And I'm definitely not the type for rules, you know. Some of uh, my corporate colleagues back in the day would, would tell you. I heard somebody's mic. Somebody wants to ask a question. I'm fine. Um, okay. Good stuff. Thanks, Sean. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, okay, Kevin. See you later. Okay. We do this. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Michael says, okay. 
All right, got you, got you, Michael. Okay, I know you're not trying to sell. I'm just saying in general. Uh, uh, what will be some webinar themes? Um, so again, you know, listen, I'm not gonna tell people what I'm gonna talk about. Um, every week they're gonna come in uh, and uh, thank you, Evan. Um, you guys are gonna come in and uh, I will announce, you know, the, the topic. So I guess there's no more questions anymore. Is there anybody who wants to ask me anything else? Um, correct, correct. Michael said rules that try to manage the market won't work. Right, you only can manage yourself. Okay. Uh, Emil, can you say something about, Emil, I'm not sure about, uh, Scale, oh, scaling in as an entry. Okay, all right, so, so, so not scaling out, but scaling in. Okay, okay, good size question. So, uh, you could do it, you could do it. You know, let's say that you decided that the market has a certain weakness and you obviously wouldn't, you know, people say markets go up slowly when they fall, they fall really fast. And there's some truth to it. You know, there's physical quantity behind it. Let me try and, and answer it in the best way that I can. If you, if you start with one contract and let's say you're short and the market experiences, you know, um, experiences a weakness, and it further confirms your theory that the market is weak, there is nothing wrong with adding a contract there. And if it falls even further, adding it again. Because every single, every single time that it falls, okay, it confirms there's, there's certain weakness. So I don't know if I would do it if I was an amateur trader. You can experiment with it. There's nothing wrong with it. See how you feel about, you know, scaling in. And again, don't scale in with too many contracts, but there's nothing wrong. You know, what's interesting when, when markets fall, for example, and you scale in and you short the market, every, you don't know people's risk tolerance and when they throw in the white towel. This is why bottom picking is the worst thing in the world. You know, I, I, I tell people, don't try to pick bottoms because you don't know somebody's risk tolerance and when they actually throw in the white towel and they say, I can't take it anymore. And then they sell and it adds to more selling pressure. And then there's the next group that says, I can't take it anymore. And they sell more, right? So you're in the midst of people who are giving up. This is what I said, what's so beautiful about the market. And after a while, you know, when you trade, you start understanding the process and you don't sit and do this. You're like, yes, yes, this is the process. This is the psychology they followed. That's it, right? So that's the beauty of it. So yes, Emil, nothing wrong with that, definitely. And hello, Netherlands. How are you doing? You know, good to see you, Emil, really. Um, so thank you for joining us, by the way, so late. I know it's six o'clock. My God, what is it in Netherlands right now? 12 o'clock? Or one in the morning? It's very late. Uh, uh, 
Okay. Would you right away use the break-even bottom on the dome then? Don't know. Honestly, don't know. I, you know, put your question in the forum. You know, I'll try to see it. I'll try to address it. Doesn't come to me intuitively now. It's 12 o'clock. Okay, okay. Uh, Alex, do you know any educators out there that really consistently successful in real trading? Um, <laughs> it's regretful that I even have to think about it, but <laughs> do I know any educator out there that are really consistently successful in real trading? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. I don't know their accounts, but uh, I, I, I would tell you again, it's very hard to imitate somebody else's style. This is what I'm trying not to do. I'm not trying to teach somebody order flow and moving average and how did I, I have my ways of doing things. I look at things, but you know, Brian says the answer is no. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he wrote it to me directly, but Brian said no. Okay, so sometimes you go through five educators like, ah, when am I going to see the light? You know, which method is there? But it's in your head, believe it or not. Trust yourself. Okay, most traders try to call tops and bottoms, averaging down in Q with no stop. Right. Uh, agreed, agreed. Uh, scaling to winners. Yes, you know, it's the same thing on the upside. On the upside, there's a certain level of confidence. You know, a stock or not a stock, but let's say a stock or an index or anything, is better to buy when it's higher. A lot of people would argue with me on that. When it's higher, it means there's confidence and there's higher confidence. This is why people try to short the top like catching bottoms, don't get it. They don't get the psychology that the higher it is, the, the more motivated people are to buy it. It's more valuable, you know? It's just, it's just more valuable. It is, it is what it is, you know? It's auction, right? So imagine, imagine you're coming to an auction, a car auction of old cars, and they start to bid at 30, and you sit like this. You sit at 30, and somebody raises his hand and says, 50,000. I want to have this, 50, this 1973 Ferrari for 50,000. You're like, hmm, am I missing something? 60,000, 70,000, 80,000. Try and short that market. Go to an auction and try to short and say, you know what? Anything over 60,000 is a loss. You wouldn't do it in an auction. Why would you do it in the marketplace? So anyway, uh, all right. I see a lot of people are saying, you know, Richard Freck. Wow, that's a name I haven't seen in a long time. Hey, Richard, how you doing, buddy? Um, okay, so, um, okay. Uh, I guess there's no more questions. Guys, listen, okay. Those of you who stayed so far and didn't leave, I have a request, okay? I'm asking you to go and post those questions on the forum. And the reason I want you to do that is because I do want to help people and I want other people to find it as well. The more you write, you know how Google works. They look for content. It helps us get customers. So if there's anything that I request is go to the forum, ask your questions, participate in the size thing, and you can help each other as well. Um, is there anybody here that wants to ask any other questions? Because I, it's 5.56 right now. We can go a few more minutes. I don't want to keep you, but if there's somebody else who wants to ask a question, I'd be more than happy.
Okay, guys, thank you very much for your compliments. Um, I uh, and uh, you're welcome, all of you. Really, really, uh, you know, I, I I'm happy it helps you. Um, so I'm going to say goodbye on this note. I want to thank Jake. Jake, you're a phenomenal human being. He's uh, he works for us and uh, he has patients that I've never seen before. Uh, and he helps people all the time. So he's behind the scenes, making sure this webinar goes smoothly. Um, I want to remind everybody legally that there's a substantial risk of loss in futures trading. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Uh, and the last thing I would say again, use the forum to ask me questions. If there's something here that I did not answer, I promise to be very elaborate when I answer my questions to the best of my knowledge. Uh, that's basically it. So goodbye. I wish you a good night. Those of you who joined us from all around the world, from Europe, from Australia, United States, thank you. John, thank you. All right. Uh, that's it. Let's see. I'm going to walk you through. Uh, all right. That's it. Let's see. Okay, guys. Thank you. Good night. And uh, I'll see you on the next one. Okay. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Optimist Futures podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus, all under the username Optimist Futures. If you have any questions, feel free to send us an email to support at optimistfutures.com or give us a call directly at 561-367-8686 or toll free at 1-800-771-67. Four, eight. Once again, thank you for listening to the Optimist Futures podcast. Please remember that this matter should be viewed as a solicitation to trade. Trading futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should therefore carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your financial condition. Optimist Futures LLC is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, methodologies, newsletter, or similar service. We urge you to conduct your own due diligence.